Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And hello, Bills Mafia. That red light is on, which means this week's episode is officially live. And you know who else is alive? The Buffalo Bills. After getting a crucial win in Kansas City against the vaunted rival Chiefs, they come away with the win, keep their season going, and move on to a very tough opponent in the 10-3 and Dallas Cowboys. Joining me today is Cover One's very own Uber Hansen to talk about the Chiefs-Bills recap. And then joining me is a very special guest, Mr. Fourth and Long himself, Jesse Holly, to talk about this Bills Cowboys matchup. Thank you all so much for being here on this week's episode of Under Review. My name is Joe DeRosa. You can find me on Twitter at show underscore DeRosa. And yes, I did wind up correctly before we got the playoff. It's truly an amazing concept, but I was able to do it. Let's 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 go. Previous play will go under review. And once again, everybody, thank you so, so, so much for being here. If you could be as kind as to like this video, it would mean the world to me and everyone at Cover One, all of our esteemed colleagues. And one of them is here right now. Again, Mr. Uber Hansen, thank you so much for joining me. On such short notice to flip it around, I really appreciate you being here. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Uh, anytime I get to talk about Bills is a good day. Um, and talking about a win is much better than talking about a loss. So uh, excited for this. Yes, talking about a win is much better than talking about a loss. A crucial win, if that, as it keeps the Bills season alive and also takes advantage of some significant developments in the AFC playoff race, one done by our AFC East counterparts, the Miami Dolphins, and what was, you know... As a very billsy loss by them last night. And it seems like things have kind of opened up. But let's talk about this Kansas City game, man. You go into Arrowhead post by you with the wake of everything going on, all the distractions around the team, everything just in the news cycle. It's a very, very daunting task to go to the defending Super Bowl champs home stadium and come out with the win, especially considering that the Bills had only one road win going into this game. They come away with a huge win, a great defensive performance from Sean McDermott's crew, holding the Chiefs to 17 points. Granted, not the same Chiefs we know and love. However, still the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Missing Isaiah Pacheco, having McKinnon, having these other players, it still is a task that I think you should pat them on the back for, especially the game prior against the Eagles. So just give me your thoughts on this game, what you liked about it, and really going ahead for the Bills. Yeah, I think, and Bills fans hate this terminology, but complimentary football, like that's what we saw uh, on Sunday. We saw the defense play 
well enough to put the Bills in the situation where they could win, and the offense put up enough points, obviously, to win the game. I do wish the offense put up more. It seems like they should have scored more than 20 points, but 20 was enough this this week, so I guess I can't complain too much. But I think the defense is really kind of the star, and it's not necessarily because they dominated the game. I don't think they dominated, but again, played well enough, and they also came up with the big plays when they had to, whether that be the A.J. Epinesa interception early, uh, Mm -hmm. down getting close to the red zone in scoring range or it be the uh christian benford force fumble that teron johnson recovered that was massive so the bills made the plays when they had to make the plays the chiefs didn't make the plays when they had to and i think that's a good foreshadowing of, of what i would expect the rest of the season yeah and that was kind of the one thing that I was hoping to see from this defense, right? So on my show last week, I had said for Sean McDermott's crew for the rest of the year, I need to see improvement, especially in those late game situations. I need to see just a better overall performance. You have no leeway anymore, especially considering who you're up against, you know, when it was the bye week going up against Kansas City now removed. To see this defense not only come out and perform well, but to hold them to 17 and get those key turnovers is everything I wanted to see. Now, listen, I know you and David talked about this, and I know um, it's a talking point about the almost blown play with McDermott sending the blitz and hitting Kelsey down the field. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It was a penalty. So you look at the rest of the game and you look at the performance they had, and I give them their props. They, again, in the second half of that game, when you needed a turnover, you got it. That first drive where Kansas City seems to be moving down the field and might be able to score on a scripted drive, A.J. Epineza uses his arms, tips the ball up, and they come away with it. That is what you need to see from this defense and an encouraging sign as you go up against Dallas in a really tough matchup. But I want to ask you, just give me some of your thoughts on the the on the offense, defense, wherever you want to start, as well as things you like from this team and things you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I'll, I'll piggyback off of kind of where you went early on right there is the the kind of criticism that this defense got yesterday or two days ago now. Um in regard to, well, what if Kadarius Tony wasn't called for that penalty? Like then the defense blew yet another game. I, I, I think that's just a little bit too much because that was just a freak play. Like let's assume that that penalty doesn't get called. Travis Kelsey makes that play like those Chiefs players get paid to. And that's a play that you just don't game. Why would you ever game plan against that? So I couldn't really, you know, harp on them too hard for that. But at the end of the day, uh, Tony gets called for that penalty. So that play never happened. So the way that the Bills kind of responded in the second half after giving up a scoring drive where that defense kind of buckled down and said, no, we're not going to get beat again this 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 week was really important to me. And to be honest, even if the, the Chiefs had scored that touchdown and then they ended the game with, say, 24 points, I still think the defensive performance should have been good enough to win that game. The offense had to go and score a touchdown. Like, it would have been for me, way more on the offense not putting up points when they needed to than the defense not getting a stop when they needed to because I saw the defense make the necessary plays to kind of keep the offense in the game when they slowed down in the second half. And that conversation goes both ways a bit for me because I think the Broncos game is a great example of what you're describing. You know, in the final minute, McDermott's defense has to close it out. It's inexcusable to have the 12 men on the field. You shouldn't have lost that game. But lost in the mix when we look at hindsight is just the offense in that game failing to perform and failing to finish drives for most of the game until really their back's against the wall and you're talking about desperation, which 
yeah, that's fine. You scored and you walked away with the lead, which you should have, and the lead should have been preserved. So I fault McDermott and his defense for that. But you didn't make it easy for them. And in the wake of all of these injuries and what the defensive unit looks like right now, you do have to try your hand and make sure that is as an offense with all of the talent you have, all of these receivers that you have with Josh Allen, that you're holding up your end of the bargain and at least mm-hmm. making these leads respectable for them. And in this Kansas City game, you know, I still would have had my same mantra had that place stood, had they blown it, I would have been furious. I would have said nothing yeah. improved, you know, because <laughs> that would have been the case. There was also a lot of time left on the clock for Allen to get the ball back, where if he faltered, then I can turn the blame back to the offense. And really, the defense played a better game overall. They kept their offense in it. They they held them to 17 points again. And it, it's no easy task to go into Kansas City and face what is a top 10 defense by all metrics right now. Their pass rush is great. Their back end coverage has been stellar. McDuffie is a stud. Snead is playing out of his mind. It's a tall ask to ask these guys to go and put up 30 points, but I would like to see a little more out of the offense. And I do think that that performance of the Joe Brady tenure was definitely the worst, but I'm not also faulting him directly as much as Mm -hmm. I think you just went up against a tough team and a tough team played you to their level and you put up 20 points, but you managed to win it. Yeah, I, that's a that's a thing that definitely shouldn't go unnoticed either is the fact that that Chiefs defense is really good, like really, really good. And for the most part, healthy. Like, yes, they were missing their, their safety and Brian Cook. But outside of him, like their starting linebacker came back in Nick Bolton. And you still have George Karloftis. You still have Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, Jerry Sneed. Like they have playmakers all over the field. And the Bills, mainly Josh Allen, didn't make enough boneheaded mistakes where they allowed the Chiefs to kind of beat them in that way. The one major concern that I've had, and it's interesting because it seems like people in general don't want to talk about this. Um, We criticize, we've criticized Sean McDermott a lot this year. We've criticized Josh Allen a lot this year. And I think when somebody deserves to be criticized, like they should be criticized. And and the person I'm talking about here is Stefan Diggs. Like he continues Mm. to just not have Stefan Diggs level games and when you're an elite wide receiver i expect you to not go into these prolonged slumps where i'm like what is happening with you right now and and yesterday stefan Diggs was targeted 11 times and had four catches that's just not elite numbers you you i expect so much more from him and it wasn't like all the balls were uncatchable the seven that he didn't catch were uncatchable multiple hit him right in the hands some were difficult catches where he had a defender draped on his back but Mm -hmm. he's a player that you expect to make those plays and i think You know, we look at the game and we say they only scored 20 points. If Diggs just makes a couple of those plays, not only does that continue to move the ball down the field because he picks up the yards, but it continues to force the Chiefs to kind of adjust their bracket and move that coverage over to Diggs. That wasn't happening yesterday. And that's a reason he ended with 24 receiving yards. Deontay Hardy had more than him. I need to see Diggs improve because the wide receiver room is already inconsistent as is. You need your best skill player to be your best skill player week in and week out. And that needs to start this week against Dallas. I agree with that. It was underwhelming. And by yeah. Dick's standards, I think he would say the same thing. I was oh. really, I think of all the plays in that game though, again, like there was a screen he dropped it earlier on in the game where he was about to get blown up. So in my opinion, mm-hmm. drop the ball, lose no yards, kind of an elite, like an, an all pro drop is like what I called that move. But then you get to the final sequence, at least the final offensive sequence. And you talk about that first and 10, right? Right off the penalty, you're in uh, the red zone. So you have an opportunity to go up by a touchdown. And yeah, that pass hits you right in the hands and just, 
through it. And that honestly stalled the whole drive because you failed to get time off the clock, couldn't get under the two-minute warning, gave the Chiefs the ball back with a lot of time to make a move. Thankfully, they didn't. It's, it's you know something, every player is going to go through highs and lows in a season. Yeah. Stefan Diggs is not exempt from this. I'm sure, you know, again, by his own words, he would probably look back at some of the plays that and say he'd want him back, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get out of it. I think also a part of it, too, is we're looking at – inconsistency from the wide receiver group, but we're also seeing an uptick in how this ball is being distributed amongst the offense. And it was yeah. something that in the offseason, I said, I think this might happen when it affects some people's metrics. Like you might see receiving yards go down for a lot of these guys, but increased receiving yards and tight ends and running backs because they'll make a concerted effort to get to them. That's what's happening. It's more situations where you're incorporating the pass catching ability of James Cook, which by all means for the past couple of weeks has been one of their most reliable targets and bails Josh out of a lot of pressure. You talk about getting passes to Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson, off script things where maybe it's not designed for a receiver and it goes to a back. I think in that circumstance, I can forgive it. And I think I have a little more tolerance for a wide receiver room right now, just because I don't particularly feel like it's at all around these guys aren't getting open. These guys are, you know, hit or miss. Like <laughs> Gabe Davis got open in numerous times in this Kansas City game, including wide open for a touchdown that Allen straight up missed to force a ball to a covered Kincaid. So you can blame Josh for some of that inconsistency. Like this is this is kind of my my take on it is really I do think I want to see more out of them because I see the potential and I don't think these guys are bad receivers. Like I think Gabe is a good receiver. Obviously we know who Diggs is. I love the potential of Khalil Shakir. I saw Charles G comment about Deontay Hardy. That was a really clutch play for him to make. I think there is that hope that they are going to kind of put it all together. You also got to remember we're in week three of Joe Brady. Like it's, it's an adjustment period. There's new things being implemented, especially after a bye. They just went up against a tough defense. While I'm not happy with that performance from Diggs, I think he's going to be fine, and I think it's going to kind of be a return to form for him. Yeah, and I think this week, actually, if there was any week that Stephon Diggs was going to kind of have that game we expect from him, I feel like he wants to have that against Dallas, uh, you know, his brother's team. But I I did like what you just said about, um, you know, the ball distribution, which is something that I felt like has been slightly lacking in years past. It was basically feed Stephon Diggs, and outside of him, there was really no one we could trust. This season, it, it isn't that way. Like, the Bills, Josh Allen in particular, is distributing the ball well. James Cook has the fifth most receiving yards on the team at 391 just a little bit of context the one two three four the fifth most receiving yards on the um the dolphins is durham Smythe, who has 194 in fact the third mm-hmm. most on that team is 207 like josh is distributing the ball at an absolutely elite level right now and finding ways to incorporate people much of that's owed to joe brady we talk about that first touchdown to james cook that was just a perfectly schemed play that josh had to just drop a dime in a bucket and he did like josh had to still make a really good throw but that was Mm -hmm. perfectly schemed and that's things we didn't see earlier in the season when it was Ken Dorsey um and now you're seeing kind of this uptick in Joe Brady you also made a great point this is we're only a few weeks into Joe Brady's tenure like He's improving as a play caller. His communication skills are improving, improving with Allen and the offense. His wrinkles are slowly being added to this. So if anything, over these final four weeks, you might start to see this offense start to pick up even more and more and more week by week by week. And as it always goes in the NFL, the team that's hottest going into the postseason is the most dangerous team. If the Bills can find a way to get in, they could be that team that just 
everything's kind of coming together at the right point in time, whether that be the play calling, whether that be Joss being hot, whether that be Diggs getting back into form, whether that be health and Daquan Jones possibly coming Mm -hmm. back. I think there's a lot of optimism right now for this team, and they can carry that into this Cowboys game, which I will say is not a must win. I would love them to win it, but this isn't the most critical game on earth. Like if it drops and my Twitter's feed is full of Bills fans saying the season's over, season's over. It's simply not like the Bills would like to win this game. They don't have to win this game. They had to win the Chiefs game. Like they lost that game. The season's over. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, right? Like we we said, they have the leeway that if they beat Kansas City, they could drop the game to Dallas because there's no AFC implications. You still want to win it, especially now that the division's within your reach again. You you got, like in my opinion, every game's a must win at this point. If they lose it, their percentages, I think, are still fair. I saw, I think Mike Bunt is with us. I think Mike Bunt is among us. I hope that's Mike Bunt. And if it's not, then I apologize to whoever's last name is Bunt, unless your first name is Bunt, which I haven't met you or a person with that name, but that'd be pretty cool if it was. Um, And puts the percentages, which I believe he posted, that if they drop it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's not like going to end their season outright. Their percentages are obviously still going to get lowered, but you still want to win the game. Four division, yeah. four seating sake and everything. And to answer this question from Roy, or not question, but this comment I should address. Jones was in Allen's face. No chance of getting to a wide open Davis. I don't agree. I think he had enough time to get that ball out. I also think like the whole point of that route, not the point of that route, but the entire game that screen was developing to get Davis open. Like that was what they were trying to do. They were trying to draw the coverage up so Davis could leap behind it and you get it out. That's supposed to be a snap throw. He had enough time to wait for Kincaid to try and get open and get the ball out. Didn't. If he knows Davis is, and again, like it's not something where it's kind of like I have to hit Davis and Kincaid is covered. I'm pretty sure it's a pick I think Eric had told us about that. He could describe it a little bit better. Mm. The point I am making is they had worked to get that play, got that play, and Allen didn't hit it. And that's the second time in two games that he's missed Davis on a key route. And I just find that that inconsistency is part of what I'm talking about when I say that I don't put it really all in the receivers. Cause again, yep. if, and, and this is not meant to be like a disparaging comment, but like when you watch the game for the first time, you're never going to see all the back end work that these guys do in those times where they could get open or could be hit. Whereas I feel like it's, it's a lot easier to kind of pin it on like guys like Gabe Davis versus pinning it on Allen. And it doesn't take away from how good Allen is or those moments that Allen had that won them the game. That throw to Latavius Murray was unfreaking believable like all yeah. pro shit man that is a crazy throw and i love that but it's okay to say like some of that inconsistency can be worked on by Allen and maybe feeling it out a little better to trust davis in those moments and i know davis has had drops and i know people don't like it but <laughs> the, he was wide open and that throw yeah. had to be made to him and i think he could have made it but 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. I like I, after every game, like during the game, right. We're all watching it live. Like I, I tweet throughout the entire game and it's what I'm seeing on the TV, obviously. And we're not seeing like, if you watch, just think of the way the camera works when we watch NFL games. It's on the quarterback. We don't see any of the routes for the most part. It's only when the ball goes in the air that we actually see where a receiver is. So it's really hard as NFL fans to watch a game the first time, just one time, in live in the moment, and be like, well, we know you, this should have happened or that should happen. We really don't. You, if you go back and rewatch it, whether it's the all 22 angle or even just rewatch the broadcast, you'll start noticing other things. I think it's a fair, I guess, um, excuse i don't know if this is the right word but it's a fair criticism excuse whatever like chris jones was in his face but to your point he's got to make that throw like he knows that route's there he could see where the safety was biting like all he's just got to do is put it up like if he just puts it in the air gabe davis is going to run under it and it's a touchdown there are those inconsistencies in allen's game there will always be those inconsistencies in allen's game the same thing with the the boneheaded uh interception he threw like (laughs) josh just don't throw that just throw it away like he just he wanted to much and if he just got rid of those he would be so so good but at the same time i wonder if he got rid of those boneheaded mistakes completely then we lose the freakish moments like him falling out of bounds on the sideline and dropping the ball right in latavius murray's lap that latavius murray somehow uh, whether it was a drop or not he fumbled it uh it was very close to a drop yeah Yeah. i mean the inconsistency is a really good good uh good point and the only thing that reason the inconsistency doesn't concern me all that much is because I know that in the game where they aren't inconsistent, they're unbeatable. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the thing we, we can live on. Like they could play a team that is significantly better than them. Let's say in theory, they played the 49ers in, I don't know, maybe the Super Bowl. The bills are significantly less talented than the 49ers. But if they hit on all cylinders, if Josh's full consistency, you have a shot. And most teams can't say that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, fir- I firmly agree with that. And again, it, it's it, that's kind of the story of the season is the, the mm-hmm. tale of inconsistency from a team that for a while in September and early October looked like they were a pure Super Bowl favorite. Everything was clicking. You go to Jacksonville and that's kind of when things took a turn for the worse, at least for a good stretch of the year. Here you are at seven and six and you're a team that's kind of a your record's telling. You're not putting these games together. It's never been a full thing. I mean, you play the Jets. That's probably the last fully complimentary dominant game of what this mm-hmm. team could be that you saw against a really freaking good defense. The Philadelphia game, the defense melts down. Offense is holding up its end of the bargain. Again, over time, you come away with the lead. You don't secure it. That's not complimentary enough. You lose the game. And I also want to say I appreciate everyone for um, hearing me talk about the Dallas game and kind of going full drill instructor on me on it. I want to stress <laughs> they need to win every game. I want them to win every game. They got to go five and zero. I'm just saying, and I'm glad that uh, our own or formerly owned Mike Bunt. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's good to see you. Provided that Bills have an 83 percent chance of making the playoffs if they go 10 and seven with a loss to Dallas. It, what I mean by the loss part that I have to bring it up because they're a freaking good team and you don't know what's going to happen is even if that happens, this isn't a game you. This is a game that you could stomach the loss. Other things do need to happen. Yes, I understand that. I am just saying that your odds are still good if you win out, even if you lose to Dallas. But I don't want them to lose to Dallas. I want them to win. I want this team to end up in the playoffs, and I am praying for that outcome. And that has to start with a win against Dallas. But 
to finalize this conversation over before we let you go, I just want to ask you, how are you feeling just overall after this game going ahead? What do you think the season looks like by season's end? Yeah, I, I've been pretty adamant. I said, if the, the Chiefs game is going to decide the regular season for the Bills, if they lose that game, the season's over. I, I, I think there was essentially no way they were going to recover from it, even if everything went their way. I, th- I figured they'd drop another game or two down the line. I said, if they won that game, it's, it's just kind of the jumping off point for this team. And I think this team could run the table. I expect them to go at a minimum three and one, and that one loss if they have if they have it will happen this Sunday, and then they'll win their final three. I- I'm really optimistic now, especially after watching the Dolphins last night against the Titans, because they don't look very good right now. And I know that Tyree Kill is banged up, and that's a big yeah. part of it. But all the Bills need is them to drop one game, and and suddenly Buffalo is on the verge of stealing a division. Um, and I thought Rich Eisen put it really well today. He talked about what team don't you want to play in the playoffs. He said the Buffalo Bills, because if you get this team that finds a way to get in with that quarterback, God forbid you give them a home game in front of those fans in that weather. Yeah, this team could be super, super dangerous, but they got to take care of business. They the, the Chargers game isn't a guaranteed, even though we're going to be playing Easton Stick. The Patriots game <laughs> isn't a guaranteed, even though Bill Belichick's apparently done coaching for the Patriots after the season. The Dolphins game isn't a guarantee, even though Josh Allen's their daddy. So I, I, I am optimistic, but at the same time, it is like a cautious optimism, as always, with this Buffalo Bills team. I, I appreciate that take, and I got to say the same thing. I'm cautiously optimistic. Again, I said it a few weeks ago, 9-8, and eight, might miss playoffs. Winning an Arrowhead has changed my perspective, and I think that they have a really good chance. I don't know. It, this is this is a pure non-analytical vibes take you're about to get. I promise you guys, it's coming straight from the chest, from the heart. <laughs> it just feels like it's, it's going to happen. It feels like they're going to win this damn division. I feel like that Miami loss to Tennessee was just such a backbreaker, especially because they just lost uh, Connor Williams for the season. And you see that that team struggles when Tyreek isn't healthy on the field and they're not really a team that I have seen battle back from deep leads like or deep deficits yet and then you go in at home against the Titans and you have a two touchdown lead with three minutes left and you blow it I mean that's that is just you can't do that and that's terrible for a kind of a if you want to call it like ringing in your December and the end of your year that's something that I feel like can really send a team into a tailspin will it happen maybe not I don't the bottom three of their schedule is really tough I don't know but I think I'm more optimistic about the Bills chances now and I'm excited to see how it plays out but Uber Hanson I appreciate you being here man thank you so much for your time let everyone know where they can find you what you got going on yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Uber Hansen. Um, tomorrow, I'll actually be dropping my rooting interest post, which tells you who to root for in every single game uh, to kind of help the Bills, whether that be getting into the playoffs, whether that be uh, getting better seeding in said playoffs, or if that's making sure a draft uh, pick for certain teams isn't as good as it as uh, they want it to be. So that drops tomorrow, and then Friday will be the matchup preview, pretty in-depth, 2,500, 3,000-word uh, write-up on Bills versus Cowboys. Do yourselves a favor and check out his write-ups. They're really in-depth. You learn a lot, and he does an amazing job both on his show and in those write-ups. But, Uber, I appreciate you being here, man. Appreciate the hell out of you. I hope you have a great rest of your night, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Peace, man. Later. All right, everybody. Mr. Fourth and Long himself is here, and I'm very excited to bring him up. Please, everybody, give a warm welcome, a courteous welcome to Mr. Jay Holly. How are you doing, man? Nice to see you. I'm well, man. How are you guys doing today? 
Oh, we're doing great. We are talking Bills football. We just uh, had a very relieving conversation about Bills versus Chiefs. Uh, It felt (laughs) like if you want to call it kind of just like, uh, wow, I can't believe we won that. Thank goodness. Let's move on. (laughs) But we're good, man. And how are you? I mean, how is everything going on your end before we kick this off? No, life is good, man. Everything is going well here in the in the, in the great state of Texas. Uh, you know, anytime the Cowboys win, it, the, the mood is much lighter around here. <laughs> Weather's great, so I'm not mad at that. So, yeah, everything's good. Good weather, a victory. Well, it's Tuesday now for you. I mean, it's got to be the vibes are at an all-time high. And yeah, let's let's first just talk about the Cowboys again. It's a team that, you know, as a Bills fan, I'm catching when they're on primetime, but I don't get to watch a lot. So I really appreciate you lending your insight. But huge 33-13 to win over the Eagles. Absolutely dominant. Dak puts up another efficient, great game. I mean, just talk to me about this Cowboys team this year, like how you're looking at them and your expectations for them going forward. You know, it, it's it's kind of been a, a threefold type of situation because coming into the year at a training camp, you thought, okay, it's a good roster, good football team. But as someone who's been a part of this team as a player and now has covered this team for a while, uh, and the media, you get to see, you say, okay, well, well let, let's see what happens, right? You start doing the whole preseason, looking ahead and saying, well, we might lose here, or you might fall off here. And then you get into the year, and it was a transition from Mike McCarthy. Now going from just head coach to head Mm -hmm. coach slash play caller. And you knew that there was going to be a little bit of the growing pains with them, you know, figuring each other out. And the offense, you know, it wasn't quite what you wanted to see. They had had dubbed the name of it called the Texas Coast, uh, you know, off a play of the West Coast offense that Mike McCarthy has run for his entire career. And the offense was kind of sputtering out the gate a little bit. You know, a lot of short passes didn't seem to have that explosive ability that you thought. And then you, you kind of, you, you, you kind of, you know, went away from thinking that this team was really a competitor. Then you go and you lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And that mm. kind of set everybody back and like, wait a second now. All right, <laughs> come on now. You know, we're not playing that well in offense. You lose to Arizona. And then a couple weeks after that, you lose to the Niners in a very, very, um, um, butt whooping ish type way. And that kind of put everybody back like, okay, are they not who we thought they were? Uh, they didn't play any competition. And then you saw a change. The Cowboys went to the, to the bye week and you said, all right, this is, this is the time, right? Now is the time when you have to really coaching players. There, there needs to be a change and there needs to be an offensive output that, that rivals what we're seeing across the league. And boy, did they come out the gates gunning and they just have been an offense uh, that 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 has been basically unstoppable. Uh, you know they they've been an yeah. offense that's been basically unstoppable, and, and they've they've given their defense an opportunities to uh, to do what they do best, pin their ears back and rush on those third downs, and when the team is kind of playing one hand behind their backs. And now the Cowboys find themselves after a dominating victory uh, this week over the Philadelphia Eagles, they kind of find themselves in the conversation of, all right, this this may be one of the best teams in all of football, not just the NFC East, not just the NFC, but in all of football. There's still the the, the bullies out there and the Niners who I deem them the best team in the league. But but the Cowboys are playing some inspired football right now. and, And it's, you know, especially at home, they're really tough to beat at home. I was listening to one of your episodes and I remember you describing the Niners as just different. What they have going on is different. And that's that's honestly the truth, man. They are just a completely well-oiled machine that just, I don't know how you stop them. It's genuinely terrifying to think about. But 
I want to ask you this question, just given the Cowboys nature. And again, you, you said it, they kind of come out of the gate slow, but their offense has been genuinely unstoppable, unstoppable. And I know that the last time they punted was against Washington. So it's been a few quarters of just consistent, efficient play. Considering McCarthy taking over the play calling this year is one factor, but how much of this has been just Dak Prescott's emergence? I mean, right now, he's the MVP frontrunner. I think he's going to win it personally just because of how well he's played and where the Cowboys stand. How much of that has been him? And also, do you feel that maybe Elliott no longer being on the team kind of puts more in Dak's corner and he's kind of risen up to the occasion? Um, To answer your second question first, no. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I think that you get to a certain point in your career, right? And I think the, the light bulb has finally clicked. A couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, um, Aaron Rodgers was doing his spot on the Pat McAfee show. And unprovoked, um, unasked, out of anywhere, he begins to talk about the development of what he sees and how Dak Prescott is one of his favorite quarterbacks. And that, to me, just was one of those things that, that was like, whoa. Aaron Rodgers is not a guy who just goes out of his way to talk about other quarterbacks. He's not Mm -hmm. a guy. He's really a selfish dude, if you're being honest. Right. (laughs) So for him to just unprovoked begin to speak about and highly speak about Dak Prescott and that he's his favorite quarterback to watch right now. I thought that said to me was Aaron Rodgers, who who spent the majority of all of his basically career with Mike McCarthy with this offense i thought that what it said to me was he saw now in dak prescott what he felt when the light bulb finally went off for him in that offense in whatever year that was and i think that to him it resonated and when he was watching he goes that's it Mm. that 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 was me when it finally clicked and he's playing a level of football now that you can you feel like it's finally clicked for dak that there's an understanding, he's playing in a zone. I'm not saying he can't have any lulls, but you, it, it just feels like... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The confidence, the mental aspect of it, everything is just in line and clicking for Dak Prescott right now. And when you have your quarterback rolling like that, I mean, your team becomes very, very difficult to beat. And they're hard to defend. You can look at Dak, but you got to look at the other weapons too and how well they're playing with them. You got Brandon Cooks as your wide receiver too, which is a luxury. Talking about CeeDee Lamb, who's been absolutely dominant. Tony Pollard, who's just a great back to begin with. And now you have him as the primary guy. There's really no true weakness on this offense unless there's somehow an off day by Dak Prescott, which really hasn't happened 
And that's kind of the concern for Bills fans and myself alike in this matchup is just like watching him play the way he's played. It doesn't feel like a Cowboys team that you've seen the past few years that's had flashes, but you see some inconsistencies. They get to the playoffs. It kind of drops off. It really does feel like a full functioning, like complete team. And I think that's got to be very encouraging as someone who, again, has played for them, someone who watches them very closely. But let's get into this matchup because looking at these metrics with these two teams, at least offensively, Bills, Dallas are nearly identical in their offensive stats, at least advanced. They're third in EPA rushing. Dallas is ninth. Bills are fourth EPA passing. Dallas is third. There's just so much to like about both of these units. Talk to me about this matchup. What are you thinking? How do you think the Cowboys offense attacks this Bills defense and vice versa? I think the Cowboys have to continue to do what they do, right? Make the main thing the main thing. Uh, You know, this offense has become pretty prolific in the passing game. You mentioned it. C.D. Lamb has who to me has emerged into the conversation of the elite category of wide receivers in the national football league. Brandon Cooks was a guy who was a walking thousand yard receiver everywhere. <laughs> he, everywhere he went, he's finally gotten his groove into this offense. And, and, and you see Mike McCarthy now having a combination of Rico Dotto and Tony Pollard in the backfield. But I think one of the big things two of, I think two of the big things for this offense that's really um, important uh, one, the offensive line is relatively healthy, and they they're playing more and more together. Terrence Steele on the, the right the right tackle, he's kind of having an up and down season, but they're playing together. And and as long as these guys can stay together, the cohesiveness the cohesiveness uh, of that unit allows you an opportunity to go out there and, and play well. But the emergence of Jake Ferguson, mm. uh, the, the 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 tight end, he has he has he has given this offense attitude. Right when you talk about when you watch the George Kittles of the world, when you watch, uh, uh, you know, just the, 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 the for you guys, the Stefan Diggs, it's an attitude that they bring that everybody can't shelter that load. Everybody can't carry that mantle of saying, I am the attitude adjuster for our football team. I am the one who goes out there and gives us that that extra kick when we need it. And Jake Ferguson has emerged as that offensive threat and that offensive attitude that this team has kind of been lacking. And you see the guys begin to galvanize around that and, and kind of say, okay, we get Fergie to rock. He might hurdle over somebody, but he's going to give you, he's going to talk some crap, going to get in your face, and he's mm-hmm. going to really, you know, get the guys going. And, and guys want to follow that. They want to back that up. So offensively, they just, they, they're just finding the right chemistry with all these guys. You know, you look at the stat sheet and game in and game out, you'll see that Dak Prescott has hit seven or eight or nine or 10 different receivers in a game and guys are averaging two, three, Crazy. four, five, you know, and then CD Lamb will being the, the alpha dog of them all will be the ones who have the most targets. But this offense has become an equal opportunity offense and they're, they're making you defend every blade of grass. And that's so tough because when you, you, again, it kind of goes to the conversation about San Francisco and how when you defend them, you defend playmakers, but you also defend that system, that scheme, and how complex it is and how even if you think you have it right, someone can leak open or there's a soft spot that you weren't prepared for. That's what it feels like they're coming to. And talking about this game, I mean, this Buffalo defense, while they put up a great performance against Kansas City, it's one that, you know, you don't, again, I mentioned it earlier, and this is not me hating on what has been a very impressive bounce back performance for the Bills that I'm very pleased with, but you didn't see Pacheco in that game. Obviously, this is a Chiefs team that you can kind of double, sometimes even triple Travis Kelsey, and that's your game plan, and it works. I think with Dallas, though, you're talking about a spread of receivers that's just so much more intense with so much more speed. But again, 
I love that you bring up Ferguson because it feels like he's been kind of an unsung hero, maybe not mm-hmm. to Cowboy fans. I think Cowboy fans freaking love him. But like <laughs> to the rest of the league that doesn't really watch as much, he's been a stellar addition to your team and kind of filling the void that Schultz has left behind. I mean, do you agree that he kind of has that similar responsibility or is it a little different? Oh, no, absolutely. And and to even do it on the heels of the Cowboys going out and spending a high draft pick and a second round pick on Luke Schoolmaker, right? Sometimes you can look at that and go, well, they're not looking, they're not looking at me. They got to draft the second round. He's probably going to go out there and play more than I do. Nah, 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 nah. But he just stepped up and said, you know what? Until they give him the until they give him the baton, I'm gonna go out here and do what I gotta do, and I'm gonna make it very difficult for the Cowboys brass to go out there and give this job to their second round pick. And again, he has found, and he's, and he's even, even when Schultz was here, you would see flashes of Jake Ferguson coming, coming along and, and kind of, you know, being able to make those plays. And now that he has full reign to do so, the Cowboys are, de- are depending upon him uh, to do that in these games. And Dak Prescott, for a, for a long time, even dating back to when Jason Witten was a part of this organization, you know, mm-hmm. a, a quarterback's friend is his tight end. And so in this offense, when you're looking for a safety valve and the ball to get out quick, and you have a guy right there that can get open, uh, you, you definitely want to be able to take advantage of that. It's funny that you bring up kind of taking Schoonmacher and how that comparison has been where Ferguson's kind of lapped him because I don't know if you have seen kind of like the conversations, but amongst our cornerback room, a similar situation happened with Christian Benford and Kyir Elam, where we took Elam in the first round. Benford was a six round pick and he lapped him in training camp and has been the starter ever since. And now that back end is literally Benford and Rasul Douglas. So it's kind of funny how you see this comparison around the league of teams that are winning and teams that have gotten unexpected output from late round picks that are lapping like the higher tier picks that aren't just performing the way you want. And, you know, down the road, it might work out for him. He might end up being a huge part of what they do. I don't know how often the Cowboys are running 12 personnel, but if he does well enough, you might see some progress from him. But it really is funny how that you just see these comparisons around the league. But I want to just get a little more into it. When you talk about this game specifically and how the Cowboys match up with the Bills, what are you really looking for for the offense to do? Like, who do you think gets a lot of the brunt, whether it's the receiving room, if they try to run it on us? Like, where do you see their game plan coming from? Yeah, it's, it starts in the trenches and being able to protect. I think Buffalo has a really good pass rush. And 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 the Cowboys have had some leakage, right? You look at, you know, you, you start from the center. Uh, our center, Tyler Biotis, while he's playing good, he's still small in stature. And a lot of times he's been able to get kind of walked into the in, into the quarterback's lap. And I know you guys have guys like Ed Oliver and others mm. who play in those trenches. And then, of course, uh, our right tackle, Terrence Steele. Uh, he's had an up and down season. And, and I think uh, for him, you know, going on the road is going to be very, very uh, crucial for him to kind of really lock in and to not find himself working outside of his technique when Terrence still gets himself in trouble he's he's lunging he's leaning he's 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 not setting uh properly and now that's giving up that edge to that pass rusher and it's coming off I mean it's coming off quick and they're coming inside they're coming outside so I think the biggest thing for this for this Cowboys offense is it's protecting Dak Prescott up front it's it's putting together a solid game plan and you just mentioned it does that mean you have to spend more time in 12 personnel so that you can have tight ends able to be in there and help that that right tackle out or, you know, keeping backs in sometimes to help that leakage up the middle if it happens? But 
that's the main thing when you look at Buffalo and their defense. It's they, they, they want to attack you up front. They want to have the pass rushers come after you. And, and for sure, you want to be able to protect that. Because I, in my heart of hearts, I truly do believe this. The way that CeeDee Lamb is playing right now, I don't think there's a cornerback or secondary in the league right now that can just shut him out or shut him yeah. down. And I think the way that Mike McCarthy has begun to call this offense it's become a high-powered offense, and, and you know they can sling it with anybody. But if you're not if you're not willing or able to protect up front, then it's going to make it very difficult for Dak uh, to allow those routes to develop and to hit the ball down the field. Yeah, and that was kind of for me, at least from the Bills' defensive perspective. Like, let's be honest. Again, it's a good Cowboys. Good. It's a great Cowboys receiving room, and it's a tall task. I think our corners can make plays. I've loved the way Rasul Douglas has played since he's been in Buffalo and since he's been able to kind of play in both zone and man situations and really drape on people. But if you're asking him to do that a whole game, it's unrealistic. And I've right. always said with good offenses, Dallas Cowboys or, you know, in their prime Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to get their licks. Like they're going to get those shots on you. That's just how it happens. And it's okay because that's just good football and that's what you expect. If you think you're, the Cowboys are putting up zero, Stop thinking that. But like, it's it's kind of my my defensive, at least from how I viewed this game, how I feel the defense should attack Dallas is the pressure. And Sean McDermott, since he's taken over as the defensive coordinator too, is pressure-minded as hell. Like that is what he throws at teams. And some of the game plans you've seen against really good offenses, like Miami, for example, has been, we need to flood you and flood every passing lane that you could turn to and take your first read away and get you to hold that ball. So if Dak is trying to rely on CD Lamb, I do feel like that lends itself well to the pass rush, specifically guys like Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau, who's good at clogging passing lanes and sealing that edge, and then Terrell Bernard, who is a thumper and a heat-seeking missile that can get there. But again, you know, it's a tall task because as you've said, and I'm glad you provided this insight, when you're talking about this Cowboys receiving room, everyone is a viable option. Again, people forget about like Michael Gallup too at Turpin, like these guys that are providing a boost in the deeper level that I think it makes it tough, but I'm glad you brought that up. And then just for a Cowboys defensive perspective, how do you feel like they'll defend Josh Allen and the Bills? And, and before we go to defense, let me add this one thing, because you mentioned it and it, and it mm-hmm. brought it back to my remembrance, is when you talk about pressure, you have to understand that Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League. When you pressure him, he gets the ball out, he gets it out quick, he gets it out to his playmaker. So yeah. it, it's, it's you have to kind of play this cat and mouse game with the Cowboys defensively. Now, the one thing I will say offensively is that they can be the they can be the there's two sides to the coin. When the Cowboys are at home, they start, they're scoring 40 points a game. When the mm-hmm. Cowboys are on the road, they're only scoring 24 points a game. So that that's one of the differences that going on the road, you know, the weather looks like it's going to hold up and not be too bad in Buffalo. But it's still that away atmosphere that the Cowboys have been undisciplined, have have been not as focused as they needed to be when they've gone on the road and you look at that, you look at the Arizona game, you look at the the Eagles game and those are games where you just had the mental mistakes that really, really, really did the Cowboys in. So, you know, going on the road to Buffalo, they have to be focused and locked in on what they do, but pressuring Dak Prescott, his, that that's when he's really at his best. He struggles more when you actually sit back and play zone and rush three or four. And now you have, he has to sift through all those things. And sometimes those windows get closed and those windows aren't where he needs them to be. Hmm. So, you know, that's something to look out for as you're as you're watching this game. But on the defensive end, for the Cowboys, you know, it, it's 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 very similar. You're talking about these teams being very similar. It's the same thing for the Cowboys. 
they rely on the pressure. They rely on Michael Parsons and company being able to go out there and pressure the quarterback. The difference is and where the Cowboys have struggled at times is when they're doing that, when they have a running quarterback like Josh Allen. Mm. That's the part that's going to be key and crucial is being able to know that Josh Allen, one, is has a has a has an arm rocket, right? It can throw the ball anywhere on the field, make all the throws, but he's also super athletic, right? He'll he'll break tackles, he's big, he's physical, he's strong, but he will abandon and break and break containment and run. And if you aren't willing to be disciplined in your rush lanes, and that's hurt the Cowboys defensively at times throughout the season. Um, Dan Quinn always talks about um uh, it's it's a privilege to pass rush, simply meaning that we have to take care of the early downs, right? First and second down to put them in third and longs so where they have to pass. And we, and we put ourselves in a situation where we know we can pin our ears back and go after them. But the Cowboys have found themselves on the on the losing end sometimes because guys who are supposed to be containing are taking inside uh, inside uh, routes to the quarterback. Quarterbacks are breaking containment, picking up the necessary yards, getting first downs. And with Josh Allen, you have to always be mindful of that, is that when you think you have him, when you think you've done all that you can do, he's still strong enough to make the pass with you, yeah. with, with, with him, with you in his grasp, and he can break out of those tackles and run for uh for extra yardage. So it's gonna be a tall task to stop Josh Allen. But the one thing, the one thing that Josh Allen will do. He will give you a chance yep. to pick the ball off. And, you know, uh, Stefan Gilmore, who is a grizzled vet in the secondary, and, of course, Deron Bland, who, who, who leads, the inter- leads the league in interceptions, of course, has the five pick sixes back for touchdowns. If you give these guys an opportunity to intercept the ball, they most definitely will. Yeah, that's I mean, we've all as fans accepted that he's going to throw a pick at this point. It is what it is. But I mean, it depends on the severity of it. Again, he throws picks, but they they I mean, I guess this season it's a little bit different. But even then, I don't think some of their losses fall on his interceptions. I think like he's the type of person that just sends it and he has a lot of attempts. And this is just the nature of the game. They call him the modern Favre. I tend to agree with that comparison. (laughs) But yeah, that's something that I'm looking out for, too, because one thing that I know it probably drives defensive coordinators nuts is Josh Allen's escapability in the pocket it's you could send the right pressure you could send four you could send a guy like Micah Parsons but he's smooth as butter man I mean even against the uh, against the Eagles they hit home a couple times and he just shakes the pressure off and steps up in the pocket and he doesn't even need to be in the most sound of technique to deliver a 30-yard pass like again the Kansas City game he threw a flat-footed 25-yard dart to Deontay Hardy down the field that everyone was just like like, how the hell can someone feasibly do this? But he did. And I think in this game, that's something that I'll be looking out for, too, because I do know that whenever there are really premier pass rushers, the Micah Parsons of the league, the Reddicks, the you know TJ Watts, whoever it may be, I know that this team prepares for them, tries to draw them out, tries to give Allen a lane beyond them where if they rush wide, they could skew him and kind of give him a lane to throw right, which is where he's the strongest. So I kind of wonder if the Cowboys just try to move Parsons around, you know, confuse him pre-snap, and again, just disguise that pressure because I do know also that Allen had some issues with that this season, but also has had success too, and I think with Joe Brady a little more recently. I want to ask you about Deron Bland. You mentioned him. And he's been stellar this year, but also he's had, you know, that Seattle game where everyone kind of was picking on him and you saw the yards. What's your opinion of him in a matchup like this with guys like Diggs, Davis, maybe even KK, Shakir, wherever they really decide to put him on the field? 
Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, I think Deron Bland, when you look at what – and that happens, right? You, like if you're in this league long enough, you're going to have a day where you're really good, and you're also going to have days where you're kind of not so good. And I think the Seattle game is one of those times where – and, you know, it, 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 let's, let's not forget, it wasn't like it was just some jag off the street who was doing Deron Bland. This is DK Metcalf, yeah. right? This is one of the premier receivers in the National Football League who's big, strong, physical, fast, and does that to just about all the corners that he goes up against. But I love the fact that even in that Seattle game, when things weren't going right for Deron Bland, you know, and coach decided to make a switch, he said, you know, Gilmore, you're going to travel with – uh, with, with DK Metcalf, mm -hmm. Deron Bland never got an attitude, never got upset, never got flustered, never got, you know, down on himself. He said, you know what? Okay. I'll go to the other side and I'll defend who I have to defend over there. And he actually got an interception. He, he stayed, he stayed and played, kept his mind in the game. And that was great. And then you look at what happened last week. Uh, it, you know, he, he shut down whoever he had to defend in the game, whether it was Devonte Smith or, uh, whoever he had to play against the Eagles when he, when he was defending, they weren't getting many things off. Uh, so I think I think the same thing applies. I think whether it's uh, and of course, the, you know, the, the premier guy is going to be Stefan Diggs. And, and, I, and I'm I'm interested to see how that works out, uh, because Stefan's definitely going to want to have a good game yep. against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, mm -hmm. But also, you know, the Cowboys defense, you know, while Trayvon Diggs is not playing, the Cowboys defense will definitely be trying to hold up their bargain, their end of the bargain and back Trayvon Diggs up. Cause remember Trayvon Diggs had those tweets a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, 14 needs to get out of there. 14 needs to get out of Buffalo talking hmm. about his brother. And it's going to be pretty interesting. Cause I, in my heart of hearts, I think as a competitor, if it was me and I think Josh Allen is from that, that cut of cloth about being a competitor, he didn't forget those tweets. And no. he's going to say, he's going to say, Oh, you think your brother doesn't deserve to be here in Buffalo with me? You you think your brother made me in Buffalo? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna cook your defense. I, I'm I'm oh. gonna try to go and get four touchdowns, 350 yards on your defense, and let you know not only is your brother staying here, but your brother is as good as he is because he and I working together. So th so that part I'm looking for that 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 back and forth between the defense and the offense. And and I'm sure that if this happens, you'll see it all over Twitter. And, uh, you know, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate your insight. And I mean this with the most kindness. I am rooting for Allen to absolutely <laughs> torch that defense just so I see Trayvon Diggs tweet something nice about him. I would love nothing more than to look at my phone after a game of victory, all giddy, and just see, wow, 17's the real deal. That would feel – that would – I transcend, man. But – I have one more question for you, and that's really just the ultimate question. I'm not a big score prediction guy, but since I got you here, what do you think the outcome of this game is? Do the Cowboys overcome their road woes, or do you think the trap game exists and the Bills get it done? Yeah, I don't look at the Bills as a trap game, right? The Bills, if you look at the Bills, they are the reverse, so to speak, of the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's what I mean by that. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles and say, well, it's a team that's 10-3, and three, you know, you know, the number one in the division or tied in the division that they are now. And, you know, the record says that they should be better than what they really are on paper. And then you look at the Bills and you go, oh, you know, seven and six team. And, and, and the record may not indicate what it was in the past. But when you sit down and kind of watch the games and you look at the film, you go, all right. I know that Josh Allen has the turnovers, but damn, he's, <laughs> he's like he's playing some football. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you look yeah. at the team, you go. That's not a seven and six football team. Right. And, and, and you can see where they have their lows in the season. But you look at it, you go, 
that's not a seven and six football team. Like that's a damn good football team. And if you don't bring your hard hat and lunch pail, you'll be leaving Buffalo with a loss. And, and, and so, you know, I think the Cowboys look at that and go, you know, I know what the record says, but that's a good football team. And that quarterback is playing just as good as any other quarterback in the National Football League. And Josh Allen, with even with the turnovers and the way that things have been going up and down this year, I mean, he still is Josh Allen. He still is one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, and he's going to be super motivated, right? Everything's out in front of Buffalo right now with the with the with, with the Finns losing the other day. They're looking like, hey, we can we can make up some ground here now. Let's let's get some of these victories in here. Let's make up some ground. Let's let's put some games together, win some football games. And the Cowboys are doing the same thing. They're saying, hey, we can't we're 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 in the lead right now with with, you know, with Philly. We can't we can't give up our opportunities either. So I think you're going to have two clash of the Titans in, in Buffalo. Um, my biggest hope is that the Cowboys are able to as we like to say, pack up that that road offense and defense. I mean, that, excuse me, that home offense and defense, mm-hmm. and take it with them on the road. They haven't done it this year, but this is this is looking like a, a much more focused Cowboy team. So I hope that they can bring that offense because uh, if they do, it's going to be really tough to stop them. Absolutely. It's not going to be an easy game, but this is a game that I feel like given the circumstances, again, all the fun stuff we talked about with the Diggs brothers, and now we're talking about the division being at play and the fact that the AFC is more attainable for the Bills now with some losses by Houston and Indy and now Miami. This is a massive game for them. Again, I talked about playoff odds before. If they lose it, they're not done, but you don't want to lose in this stretch. You just made a statement win in Kansas City and you have a chance to do it against one of the top teams in the league. You also... I don't know if they think it this way, but you were jaded by a Philadelphia Eagles team you should have beat twice. Now you have a chance to right the ship against that division, finish three and one, and ultimately do yourself a favor going on the stretch. And that's why I think they're going to play a really tight game. But really, man, I think it just comes down to the pressure. I think, like you said, and that's probably where I would agree with you, that matchup of pass rush versus O-line of both sides is going to be huge. If Allen overcomes the pressure, if Dak overcomes the pressure, we could have a shootout. I think I totally foresee this game having 130-point score. I don't know who. But I do think we're going to have a really fun game on Sunday. And listen, man, best of luck to your Cowboys. You know I'm a Bills guy, but I appreciate (laughs) all of your insight and for you taking time out of your schedule to be here, man. It means a lot. Please tell everyone in our chat where they could find you, what you got going on a little more about you, man. You can find me everywhere uh, on Twitter at Mr. Fourth and long on Instagram at Mr. Fourth and long on Facebook at Mr. Fourth and long. You can catch me on the believe podcast with Jeff Cavanaugh uh, two days a week on the believe network. You can catch me over at hanging with the boys on DallasCowboys.com. You can catch me on game days, A to Z sports Dallas. I do the pre, uh, halftime and post-game show with uh, Skywalker Steel. You can find me on my podcast, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, <laughs> uh, on on uh, on YouTube. Uh, so head over there, it's like, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. Spotify, Apple. I'm out. As the young kids say, I'm outside. I, I, I'm outside. <laughs> I'm outside, and I'm working. I'm, I'm booked and busy. <laughs> well, you've inspired me to get a mug for this podcast, so I appreciate yes, that. I need. Get your I need. Mug. That is an unbelievable way to bring that out, man. You played that perfectly. I feel like the whole show was set up to reveal the mug, and that is and, and excellent. Yeah, it's just, I, you know, during the show, I, you know, I get water, and I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't show you the bottle. The bottle doesn't give me any money, so I got to go ahead and show you where, I, you know, where I make yeah. my money at. So I got to go ahead and show you the the unfiltered with Jesse Holly podcast. Go. 
Yeah, see, I don't got a mug. I have a hydro jug, though, and I'm, they're not a sponsor. If they want to sponsor yeah. me, they can because I'm very well hydrated. So thank right. you, hydro jug. Yeah. But Jesse, you were awesome, man. Thank you for providing your insight. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone can go check out everything you got going on. Again, your story is amazing, and all the work you do is just awesome insight from a former pro. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys, man. Have a Merry Christmas. Same to you, man. Take care. All right, everybody. So we are going to hit the final stretch of this program. But before we sign off, I have a very important question for each and every one of you. It's it's one of the most important questions I ever ask you all on this show. And that is, do you like fantasy football? Because if you do, I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action in the NFL. It's underdog fantasy and their pick em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em entry. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash use the code cover one to get your first deposit doubled up to 500 gold doubloons dollars by underdog fantasy thank you so much to underdog for being a partner and sponsor of cover one and guys that was just a freaking fun interview man when i found out i could get jesse on the show i was ecstatic again if you haven't seen his story it's super cool and i highly recommend looking up uh you know just all about his background flemwell has a really really good video on him but also just all the work he's doing for believe his podcast he's just a really inspiring dude and just super cool and just gave us some really good info so for me personally before i sign up i just got to say i i i've I praise the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a really freaking good team. They're 10 and three. But like I said, the Bills need to go five and oh. Every game is a must win. And I have a lot of faith in this team. And I've been saying it to coworkers, to friends, to all people that I do think this team is capable of going on a run. I was a little more pessimistic a couple weeks ago. I understand that. I know people who watch the show are probably like, what the hell are you talking about? You said nine and eight and missed playoffs. I stand on that. However, Beating Kansas City changed things for me. Seeing the way the AFC is shaking out changed things for me. I'm a lot more optimistic now about this team's chances. And I know that we didn't see peak Josh Allen. I know that we didn't see them quick offensively as much as we would like to. I have a very strong feeling that the Bills are taking this game. I think Dallas again, and, and shout out to whoever brought it up in the comments earlier. I apologize. Please claim your credit now because you did say 24 games points per game on the road, and I didn't look that up. So that is an awesome stat that you brought up. Thank you. And Jesse brought that up as well. 24 points per game on the road for Dallas is a very noticeable stat. And also, if you look at their schedule, they have played Philly. Very tough team. They played San Francisco, a game they lost to. But you look at some of the other games against Carolina, against the Rams before they hit their stride. Again, Arizona's another game. The Giants twice. There are games there against teams that ultimately aren't complete teams. And I think when you look at the schedule that the Cowboys have had and who they're playing now, this is a game that I could very well see the Bills catching them sleeping a bit at the wheel and taking. But again, you look at the Bills' stats, you know, 15th defensive DVOA and Dallas is fifth, but our offense is third, Dallas is sixth. We're third EPA rushing offense, Dallas is ninth, fourth in passing, Dallas is third. Dak is first in passing touchdowns, Josh is second. I mean, they're very comparable offensive numbers for these two teams. And I do think that for that result and the fact that this defense has played some good offenses and has unfortunately, at least in the second half, gotten into straights, it's going to be a high scoring game. But ultimately, I, I think you can exploit, again, 
the middle of the field against them. Try to keep it away from Gilmore. Again, the Cowboys are a stingy rushing defense, but I do think you can exploit that too. And again, make them bring pressure and just know that they're going to send the hounds and be ready to have some bailout options. I like the way Brady gets the screen game involved to try and mitigate pressure. I'd like to see more of that, but to me, it falls on Josh Allen to figure it out, read those blitzes, be ready for that heat, understand that it's not going to get much easier. Well, I can't really say that because of, unfortunately, for Justin Herbert, the news and the Chargers Patriots coming up. But at least in this game, it's going to be very tough. If you can face the pressure and overcome it, I think you have success, and I think the Bills can win this game. I had to end this on a high note. I, I I know there's probably people who are alive much longer than me that don't like hearing compliments to the Cowboys. Jesse was awesome, and I appreciate his insight, but I got to say, I think the Bills are taking it. And that's going to do it for tonight, everybody. Thank you all so, 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 so much for tuning into this week's episode of Under Review. Before you leave, before you sign off, before you watch our episode of Disguise Coverage with Mr. Anthony Prohaska coming on at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, don't close your YouTube. I ask that you please like this video. It would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to cover one, not just for myself who puts in the work for this show, but all of the guys in this network like Eric and... Greg, who are just doing work constantly, Aaron, Uber, David, I could say everybody, but everyone who is just putting in all of the effort to provide the content on Twitter, on YouTube, everything we can do, we would really appreciate that like and getting our videos exposure. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. I got to show you one more thing before I sign off. And that is Greg and Aaron, and they are going to tell you about the premium pass. Don't go anywhere. Check these guys out. Many people ask us the best way to support us here at Cover One, and that is to sign up to become a Cover One OnePass member. That contribution helps give us the access to all the data and information we use to create the content that you love. And I think most importantly, brings you into our community of insiders. It's a great community based on Slack. I know a lot of people don't want to be on social media anymore or be in on those conversations. We bring all of it to you right in our great community of educated fans. And most importantly, you get access to our content creators. Even better than that, everybody loves merch. You get awesome t-shirts, a cool decal, and a letter from the Cover One team signed directly to you. All for $60. That gets you the entire season, next year's free agency and draft. 60 bucks. Click the link in the description. Cover One Insider. Become one today. Yes, please become one today. Again, the description contains the link to the premium pass. I strongly encourage it if you haven't signed up already. That is, again, the lifeblood of cover one it is how we have access to all of the resources where we can find any advanced metrics watch any film do anything we can to provide an educated and fun show for all of you so please for everyone here at cover one do us all solid and check it out if you haven't yet but everybody i really appreciate you all being here so much i've been tuesday nights for a couple weeks it's obviously a new experience for me really good one for my schedule too. It just makes life a little bit easier, but uh, you've welcomed me with open arms since I've been here at cover one. You've all been fantastic. And I really appreciate your engagement, your comments, all of you watching. I truly appreciate all of you. Thank you all so much. I'm going to be back next week. Mr. Uh, Adam Padzell is going to be joining me. I don't know why I blanked on his name. I talk to him literally every day <laughs> and we're going to talk about hopefully a bill's win. And if not, then we'll course correct and talk about what goes next. But Really, guys, thank you all so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unreview. Again, thank you to my guests, Uber Hansen and Jesse, Mr. Fourth and Long Holly for joining me. It is truly, truly appreciated. Again, stick around. Disguise coverage is coming at 9 Eastern. But for me, I'll see you all next week. Let's go Buffalo, go Bills, and take care. Talk to you soon.